0: Welcome to chain attack i'm your host trevor and i was five i had five cards in my deck and slay the spire i only need to get rid of two more for the achievement of winning with a three card deck and i could not do it
2: <laughs> is is there I, i'm jay and I, I guess i need to ask is there something um wrong with me that like i don't really care at all about chivos or know what like i never know which ones they are unless it's like magically pops up like oh you did this achievement
1: i think it just proves that you're an older man than
0: trevor yeah that could (laughs) be no we all know you both are older than me but the truth is is i i saw that particular achievement i don't really care about them all that much but every once in a while i'll be reading through a game's list of achievements and i'll see one that just like it sticks out to (laughs) me as being interesting (laughs) or obtainable that i'm like i can do that or i want to do that because i think that no one else would really go to the effort to do or very few other people go to the effort and the one that in slay the spire there is an achievement for beating the game with a three card deck only three cards in your draw hand and discard total and i saw that and i thought well that's how
2: how do you even play that like do you draw three play one and immediately draw or does it just like okay you're, you're screwed at three (laughs)
0: <laughs> so oh, i don't know if there are multiple paths to complete this achievement i will tell Couldn't you you have a
1: deck that would nuke cards out of your deck in the course of
0: the battle no i think you need to complete the game with a three card deck geez okay okay and i could be wrong i don't know but i will tell you what my path was and i'm not saying this is the only path i'm just saying this is a path that i know will win okay so in my five-card deck that I had, I was playing, um, what is that, the race, the the fighter type? Ironborn. Yeah, the Ironborn, the very first one. So I'm playing an Ironborn, and um, two cards that I never played uh, the last probably, I don't know, ten games, um, the two, card, two block cards, okay? Never played those. Those are the ones I was trying to get rid of. The three cards that mattered um, are... Let me find the specific names. So the, the first one is a card that you start with. It is called um, Bash. Okay, Bash is a two-cost card that deals eight damage and applies two vulnerable to the target. Okay, The two additional cards are the same card. So I have two cards that are identical. And they are a uh, uncommon card um, called Dropkick. So Dropkick says deal five damage if the enemy has vulnerable game one uh, mana. And draw one card. So the opening hand is you draw all your cards. You uh, play bash, which applies vulnerable to the target, and then you drop kick the first one, which you don't draw anything because there's nothing in your discard pile. Uh, well, there's the um, sorry, the 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 um, bash, is bash in your discard pile. So you draw that back, and then you play the second drop kick, which draw which pulls your first drop kick back, and then it's a loop. You just play drop kick, drop kick, drop kick until they're dead. So you kill every Um, enemy, if there's only one enemy in the fight on the very first turn before they ever get to act. If there are two enemies, then at some point during the loop, you might want to apply the vulnerable to the second one, but you're probably not going to complete it in in one turn, but they'll attack and you'll take a few points of damage. And generally, because you're killing everybody on the first turn and you're the, the ironborn, you're healing for six at the end of every combat. And you've got a. By the time you get to this point, you've got a bunch of artifacts and other things that are helping you out. Right. I, at that At that point, I had an artifact that let me keep all my cards in hand. So even at the end of my turn, I had I didn't draw anything at the beginning of my turn. I, you know, if for some reason it went to the next turn. I start, already had everything except for maybe one drop kick or something. And to so just rinse repeat. The biggest issue you run into is if you run into somebody with artifact, because then you cannot apply. huh. <laughs> vulnerable to them it oh. is still it is still not hard to get through them you just you go through a couple of turns where you apply them right. until, their artifacts artifact. is, until yeah. they are or you or you use a potion to get rid of their artifact and then boom in one turn even the biggest bosses in the game including the one boss that has 999 hit points that you have five turns to defeat before he disappears right no problem beating him. so that is how you beat it with a three card
1: deck and that is my intro to this podcast <laughs> The man who hates card games has That's spoken. right. Yes.
2: Oh, that's glorious. Okay. Uh, who, who's the who's other person on the line?
1: I'm Josh, and, I mean, I like things turn-based. So, just like the kid that used to say I like turtles, I like turn-based. And that's probably why I like card games. Josh, have
0: you ever seen the movie du- Duplicity? Or Dupli... Dupli... Yeah, I think it's Duplicity.
2: Duplicity, yeah. think so remind me
0: it's an awful movie from a long time ago it has um, michael keaton in it he plays the main character and he clones himself and then his clone clones himself and eventually the clones start becoming less and less of a good copy and there's this clone and i can't remember the clone's name or what they call him but there's a (laughs) scene in the game where he walks in and he sees this really um the handicap clone, the one that's not very intelligent, sitting at the table and he's got stuff all over him, and he's licking a piece of pizza, and he looks at him and he says, "I like pizza.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, th- that is <laughs>
2: Thank you for that story time, Trevor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, sir, <laughs> when you said I'm like the kid who likes turtles. I thought I thought it's Josh, I saw him licking a pizza. And looked up at me and said, I like Beta." I like (laughs)
1: turn-based.
2: Okay, anything else uh, going on your guys' lives before we dive into things?
1: I mean, I did get to re-watch the second best Spider-Man movie of all time with my child the other day. So we're making progress in the MCU marathon. Uh, She liked it, but I don't feel like she reacted as positively to it as she has to both Iron Man and Captain America. So I'm a little concerned about her now. Sorry, when you say – you have to give us some more information.
0: Which movie are you saying is the second best Spider-Man? Homecoming.
1: Uh, homecoming. It's Spider-Man Homecoming. Spider-Verse is the best, greatest, the greatest is Spider-Verse, yeah.
0: I understand, but, I I mean, like, there's – at this point, besides just the two MCU Spider-Man movies, he's been in a couple others, so I didn't know if you were counting those as Spider-Man
1: movies. Mm, that's a fair point. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. I don't count those as Spider-Man movies. Okay. But.
0: Um, my daughter and I uh, started uh, – and my wife started Cobra Kai – last night
1: mm, i'm so excited for you for this journey
0: it, season one my wife and i've already seen so we're just kind of like laughing as my daughter yell my daughter likes to yell at the screen
1: <laughs> like a I, don't
0: go into that closet kind of thing uh, her favorite thing is to say oh no he didn't and i'm like <laughs> oh, i don't know where she got it from because my wife and i do not do that sort of thing but she does it all the time it cracks me up but <gasps>
2: Part of what cracks me up about that, obviously, I I haven't spent a ton of time with your daughter, but, like, anytime I'm around her, she's fairly shy and quiet. Yeah, she's super
0: quiet. Yeah, Yeah.
2: and so her bursting out and saying that makes me uh, (laughs) laugh a little bit.
0: She's super quiet around her friends and at school. In fact, um, she's been home for a week and a half because she's got a cough, and my wife made her go back to school today. And they had an argument this morning. My daughter was angry. She did not want, she, she feels like school's a waste of her time. Like she can do all of her schoolwork and be done by noon and be off playing. Uh, and I know we've all felt that too, but she lost huh. the argument obviously with her parents. Um, but
2: yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of funny. <laughs> how, how has uh, um, schooling at the Willer household been going?
1: um i mean i got fired from teaching science so
2: (laughs) why is that
1: i mean the truth is i outsourced some of it for to teach the seven-year-old and then they we've decided we actually have the 13 year old going to school for her science class Mm. and spanish i think so you know apparently we decided it's worth the risk for spanish
2: (laughs) i i do have one one bit of uh Personal news, I guess, related to previous topics, but okay, you guys had, you know, been saying that I needed to, uh, you know, watch The Expanse, and when I say you guys, you mean Josh me. and the social media. And medias. you mean I was right, yes. Well, about that. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched the pilot with Brian, and. Like, I, he just, it didn't grab him, I don't think. so.
1: Has he, has he read the books?
2: No. Uh-uh. Okay. Yeah, but it's you, good you without
1: all. the books, so I'm not sure why it wouldn't grab him. I mean, the first season is, no, I'm not going to say anything bad about it.
2: He's just <laughs> wrong. He's wrong in this case. So. <laughs> okay, well, it happens sometimes. It. Don't, don't judge him too harshly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I would never do that. But. Oh, good, good. Yeah
2: um so check out discountgamesinc.com we have been uh doing more work and getting the the new site up to snuff and making progress all the time and so uh take a look and and let us know what you think send us any feedback and make all the purchases which should at this point hopefully be much easier than it was previously to (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> empty your bank account into yeah, that's excellent. yes um okay so josh i feel like now is the time for you to shill and uh tell people why they should subscribe to the patreon for jtech tech uh
1: look first of all i think we should subscribe to the patreon you know what i just realized i'm not a patreon subscriber so i'm going to correct that this week uh since i am a, still a dojo subscriber i need to really go double up these- well, I need to go. I need to experience. However, our uh, beloved listeners would experience it. Um, anyway, subscribe to the Patreon because that helps us continue to bring uh, delicious content to your ears. Subscribe to the Patreon at the brigade level so that you can also participate in, you know, influencing us and being influenced by us to make terrible purchasing decisions and time d- time-use decisions in your life by participating on the Chain Attack Grading well, Geekery Discord server.
2: The the I, current trend in the Discord server has been around uh, gender reveal memes, <laughs> <laughs> which has been pretty funny.
1: Some of uh, them are, are amazing. Which I'm, I'm going to
2: upload one right now because okay. it makes me laugh.
0: <laughs> I will mention, and this is not a promise, but I do want to say that I think um, our plan is to probably try a few... Uh, multiplayer style games uh, with some people who are in Discord, and then we'll review them here. But if you're in the Discord channel um, by supporting us, you may have the opportunity to do that. And I'm not going to make any promises because uh, sometimes talk is cheap, and uh, I talk a lot uh, about cheap things. So
2: you're very cheap.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay.
2: Okay. So Trevor said we couldn't get one interesting episode out of talking about running the game store, and he's probably right, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we didn't, but we're gonna make it three.
2: <laughs> but we're gonna. We're here's here's the start of episode three, <laughs> and this one this one won't be a, a full episode. So, uh, if if you're tired of hearing about this, then stay tuned. Uh, this this starting part won't take too long. Um, so it's it's kind of a st- a story of cause and effect or ripples, I guess. Uh, the the first part of the story is is really kind of weird. So. I think it was around 2018. Um, my my the main distributor that I work with for years and years um, has been ACD, and they're probably the second biggest distributor. Um, they just got the, the biggest is has been Alliance, and, and basically everyone hates Alliance, but because for lots of reasons. Um, but you know. There's just lots of reasons why people hate Alliance. Um, But Alliance also... So Alliance kind of grew out of Diamond comic distribution, and and Diamond had a lot of exclusive distribution stuff uh, with various comic book companies, and they actually just lost exclusivity to DC, which was a a big deal. Um, And then kind of to mirror that, Alliance just lost exclusivity for Asmodee, and that went to ACD. Um, so I I've liked working with ACD. They're they they have really good customer service. They treat their customers well, etc. And so that's that's a little background on the story. Um, so in 2018, Wizards of the Coast notified uh, ACD that they were no longer going to they weren't going to renew their contract. To sell them product, which is like a huge deal, right? <laughs> um, it's you know magic, it's D D, etc. It's it's a huge chunk of the product that distributors sell, and there isn't any public record as to why Wizards made this decision. Um, I the generally whenever I talk about this, they'll I'll have people say like, "Oh, well, ACD must have, you know, messed up or done something that broke some rules or something." And uh, I, I don't know. There isn't any, to my knowledge, there isn't any public information as to why Wizards made this decision. Um, and I haven't tried ferreting out private <laughs> information about it, and I guess I wouldn't share it anyways, even if I had found some. Um, but it. I will say that I've worked with a bunch of different distributors over the years and like ACD has been one of the best at being like down the, they check all the boxes, they follow all the rules. They, and, and that's not the case in, um, in all the instances. And and there's, there's some instances where, you know, whether it's, um, selling product. There, there's some companies who have a policy that, um, for example, they, you can, they can only, their product can only be sold to, uh, stores that have a brick and mortar storefront or location. Um, and not everyone in, and, and they kind of expect distribution to enforce that. And, and they're not supposed to sell to their products to people who haven't proved that they have a game store. And, and there's lots of different reasons why, you know, companies do that. Um, but the, a lot of, there's, there are some distributors who are less scrupulous, scrupulous, who, you know, they're, they're not the best person to be kind of in charge of enforcement of this because they stand to make a profit. If X person who, if they're just like, Hey, I want to buy a lot of this product and the, the distributors like, well, I want to sell you a lot of this product because that makes me money and I like to make money. Uh, and so they don't, the, the incentives aren't necessarily always lined up for distributors to follow the rules or to enforce the rules. But ACD's never been, to my knowledge, one of those uh, distributors who's, you know, who doesn't follow the rules. So ACD gets told that they are not going to have their contract renewed and ACD files a lawsuit in a Wisconsin state court. Uh, This part is public record and and basically their argument with it is that Wizards of the Coast is not um, honoring their contractual obligations that they had entered into with ACD. And they ask the judge for a uh, temporary injunction to force uh, Wizards to continue s- selling product to ACD. Uh, the judge agrees to that, and then Wizards files a motion for the case to get moved to a federal court. And I think it goes to the state of Washington at that point. So finally, a couple months ago, they're they're doing motions and hearing stuff, et cetera. And then the federal court system tends to be pretty slow. And so one of the motions that uh, Wizards had filed was basically like, you know, this injunction should not have been for this long. Uh, it was just like a temporary injunction. And the, 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 the federal judge had a ruling on it. And he was like, uh, yes, according to like the way that the laws say, this injunction that the judge did was supposed to be for like a couple of days instead of or a couple of weeks instead of a couple of years. And so he's, he removed the injunction. The case isn't decided yet as to what's going to ultimately happen. But the the temporary order that was forcing Wizards to continue selling to ACD got lifted. And the next day, Wizards contacted ACD and said, effective immediately, we will not be sending you new product. Um, and, and this part, basically everything that I'm saying to you, you can do a Google search, find... You know, court filings or public documents, et cetera, of, of, about this, right? Uh, I guess the the part about wizards contacting ACD and saying, "Get wrecked, uh, we're not <laughs> no <longer laughs> selling scrum. stuff to do. Get is, wrecked scrum. Yeah, is is not uh, part of the the public filing. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. The, so, that's that's kind of the current state of things. Um, don't know what's going to happen with the case obviously at, at this point. Um, but you know I'm someone who has been you know, we obviously you always try to be growing your important streams, et cetera. And so we'd been at the point where we'd been ordering when a new set launches around 150 uh, booster boxes and then there's the the peripheral product around that. Um, and then with this new set coming up, um, it's a return to Zendikar. Zendikar was, everyone loved Zendikar. Uh, it's, it's going to be a popular set.
1: Is it the one, is that the, is Zendikar, the one with kind of like the Cthulhu-ish, uh, creatures in it?
2: Um, mm, I'm not sure. Mm, it's, right. it's the one where the, the big mechanic is landfall, where if you play a land, then like creatures or different cards will have different effects every time you play a land. Okay. Okay. Uh, so it's, it's a very land oriented set. Um, and so we were this new set coming up, we would have wanted to have ordered around 180 um, boxes of booster boxes at launch. So fast forward to, you know, me being told, Hey, you know, these pre-orders that you have with ACD, are worthless now you need to find somewhere else to source this product and like i have never tried so hard (laughs) to try to give someone money and felt (laughs) so, (laughs) so so as a i've 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 talked to three distributors so far and all of them are like yeah you know and i'm like hey you know i i I want to find the distributor where I can, you know, establish a, a good relation, working relationship with them. I want to throw a lot of business at you and I don't want to, you know, have to worry about like, I, I put my pre-orders in and I get my pre-orders on time at a decent, I and mean, this is a decent rate of pre-orders, et cetera. And basically the, the common response is like, well, so we That's- base our, what's up?
1: That's cute. I'm, I'm yeah. just guessing that's the common response.
2: Well, no. I mean, everyone in theory, uh, you know, everyone wants to says that they want new customers. <laughs> uh, but the the issue is that uh, it essentially looks like I'm just gonna take a take a hit for a few sets um, because everyone's like, well, we we base our you know how much magic we're going to give you is based on or how what your allocation is going to be is based on how much you've ordered from us in the past. And you don't have a record of ordering from us in the past. And so, you know, you'll start out with a crap allocation. And this is including, like, there was there was one of these distributors, is one who I've worked with in the past and who I've ordered magic from in the past. And so, you know, I told them, like, you know, ideally I would get 180 booster boxes at launch. And so... This distributor that I've worked with in the past, et cetera, what's your, what's your guess on my allocation for them on this new set?
1: Oh, I was going to guess that their response was somewhere along the lines of my hands are tied.
2: I'm
0: guessing <laughs> ten, 10 boxes.
2: What's What's your guess, Josh?
1: Uh, I'm going to go in, in classic Price is Right style, I'll say 11.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should have gone lower, Josh. Dang it. <laughs> Four boxes.
1: Four? Whoa! Four
0: boxes? I know Magic players who buy four boxes themselves.
2: Right? And so I'm like, okay. So, like, right now my expectation is that between trying to place orders with three distributors, uh, and actually on my task list is I'm going to call a fourth distributor and try to get set up with them, uh, that I'll maybe have ten boxes at launch. Oh gosh! So crazy yeah.
1: towns, banana pants—that's what this is to me.
2: That is—that's like just kind of the joys of one of the aspects of the game industry right now. So it's the whole thing is just like so crazy to me. Another thing that's kind of funny is that there was like I watched—I watched this video, a YouTube video, of this guy who was like I think his channel was like Alpha Investing or something like that, and um. And he talked about like the um, the situation with ACD and some of the stuff he's talking about was just like flat wrong from the the pul- public information. Um, but he he also was he made a lot of statements that like were just him making assumptions that were he was just like well this is how it's going to work out and like we don't know that that's how it's going to work out because you're just making an assumption. Like as an example, he said that. Um, sorry, if you, if you hear a (laughs) cry, my cat's decided she needs to throw up.
1: (laughs) That is out of control. That sounds like a kid, Jay.
2: (laughs) Well, it's don't send child protective services. It is a 20 year old black cat who has to throw up. (laughs) My apologies. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, he was like, you know, there's, there's like five distributors. One of the distributors got cut out. And so Wizards is going to you know, shift all that product that was going to ACD to the other distributors and everything's going to be fine. And I'm like, do, do we know that? I, I don't know that. <laughs> like,
1: the narrator, spoiler alert, it was not fine.
2: Yeah, right? Like, how, how do we know? Like, Wizards is doing a lot of kind of, you guys might not be aware of this, but they're doing a lot of kind of strange stuff with their product. Um, for example, they have a partnership with Amazon that is basically Wizards direct through Amazon where you can order Amazon Prime boxes of product at 95 bucks.
0: That doesn't that name number doesn't mean anything to me because I don't know what the MSRP is.
2: So, this is another funny thing about Magic and Wizards of the Coast is that they got so tired of people complaining about like, oh, you know, you guys should do a lot of a lot of different companies are like maps, where like you can't sell above below a certain amount, or et cetera. Right. Or people complain like you know retail stores like your MSRP is this, and and people are you know selling it online for this and it's ridiculous, et cetera, right? And so rather than do any of that uh, route, the response that Wizards decided to do is there is no MSRP. There's no suggested retail. For magic products anymore, <laughs> which, okay. which is a response. That is, I guess, a way to uh, respond to your retail partners complaining about <laughs> pricing. Um, but I, so yeah. I mean,
0: from other industries, those technically that means, qualify
1: as a response. You're right, Jay. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that means that that there will be people who are your competitors. Who will be able to sell their product for less than what you get it for.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's that. I mean, we talked about it in, uh, you know, last week, but my grandfather, he had issues because the big chain stores would buy in bulk and they would sell firearms for less than the price he was getting them from his distributor. And he would have people come into the store and he'd say, I want this gun for this price. And he'd be like, "Well, then you're gonna have to go buy it from them."
2: It's like, "Well, so do I." <laughs> He's like, "I would love to buy them
0: at that price, but I can't."
2: <laughs> well, it also like the department stores can do lost leaders and stuff like that on guns, but
0: yeah, because they have plenty, because they're looking to sell ammunition and other things, right. That are that are big, uh, you know, not always, but they they can be
2: larger profit margins.
0: Larger profit margins, right?
2: Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, there's basically a lot of a lot of stores at if if they tried selling a box of magic at 95 um they would probably be making around like 10 bucks um which is if if you have a business model where you're selling like hundreds or thousands of boxes then you know that's great if you're like a little hole in the wall store uh making 10 bucks is not going to buy very many lunches <laughs> so it's, uh, it's it's definitely kind of an interesting interesting category. So Trevor yes to finally get off the topic of, of game stores and the game industry <laughs> mm-hmm. you I don't know if you bought yourself a present or if your wife got you a present for your birthday or if I mean if, if that's effectively the same thing <laughs>
1: <laughs> you did
2: just describe my birthday.
0: Um, like all men uh of my uh proclivities and age, I buy all of my own presents.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like uh I knew this answer without.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean if you're if you're a forty something nerd, um and your wife even my wife is a pretty big nerd, but she still looks at my stuff and she's like I don't know what to get you. And the last time I bought you something, you bought it before your birthday. So I had a duplicate of it and I had to take it back. She, she's given up all hope. She gave up hope 10 years ago. Um, Smart. So, yeah. So, so anyway, for, for my What present did you buy yourself? <laughs> my birthday's coming up and I've wanted one for a while. And with my last computer build, I, I built a computer that had enough oomph to do a VR headset. So I decided that, and I've, I've had this computer for a while now. Um, and for the most part, it was used to make Microsoft word documents, um, which is sort of depressing, but, and now that I'm out of school, (laughs) now that I'm out of school, I can play games again. And I decided to buy a VR headset. I bought the Oculus Rift S, which, um, has some downsides to it. Um, it also has some upsides. Uh, but it is one of the better choices for someone wanting to get into VR for the
1: first time.
2: So what's your, I guess, give us your re- reviewed Are, are were, were you surprised with, and uh, excited with this present you gave yourself and
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> how happy to- have you been with it?
0: Totally blown away. didn't expect it at all. And boom, there it was. Um, <laughs> so, Let me just say that before doing this purchase, I had previously uh, tried a VR headset at a friend's house. And let me just talk a little bit about that experience before I move on to this one. So with the Oculus Rift, there is uh, some intro um, programs that sort of teach you about it and show you some demos. And these were the things that I had experienced prior to purchasing the headset myself. And many of the listeners who have tried it will have also experienced this. So there is a program that basically puts you in VR environments for the Oculus Rift and all it does is there's no interaction you just sit and look around. The first one is like a there's a a, a deer and a rabbit and a fox sitting around a fire and you're looking down there's a fire and there's a brook in the background and you can look around there's fish jumping out of the brook, etc. And then the the screen changes and I don't remember all the different screens, but I will tell you about two. The first one that I had a very visceral reaction to was the one where it puts you on a crenellation on top of a large building in what looks like a cyberpunk uh, setting in the future, sort of a, a city cityscape. And you were standing on top of what looks to be a 30 or 40 story building and you're standing on the edge. Um I, when I first experienced this, I was in a friend's basement. So I was six feet underground, but as I looked down in the VR headset, it looked like I was standing 150 feet up. I am very uh, frightened of heights. And unlike the normal VR experience where if you step back or forward, or um, if you kind of kneel down, it would change that in, within the VR environment. In this particular um, demo, the only thing it tracks is your head movements, so where you're looking. And it do, I think it does track if you kneel down, but truthfully, you can't step back away from this ledge. And I wanted to. I desperately wanted to step back from this ledge, even though I was six feet underground, no danger of falling. I had a very visceral gut reaction that I was about to fall off the edge of a building.
2: Um, so that was that's that one was, of the most common experiences that people have with VR as well when they talk about it is I is that
0: so. is that you can't the, escape it
2: well the in particular like i've 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 heard a lot of people talk about the standing at the edge of a building experience kind of freaking them out
0: in real life you will you can't get me i I will even at places like when you go to Yellowstone canyon in Yellowstone, which is not far from us, you know the the Grand canyon of the of the mountain west or whatever you go there, and I don't like to get too close to the edge just that feeling of looking down off the edge it always bothers me and not being able to step back from it in that demo was was um difficult for me so the next scene is a tyrannosaurus Rex, you're in a you're in a uh a museum looking at bones and then all of a sudden you hear and see a tyrannosaurus rex come around the corner look at you as though you are um his lunch he steps towards you sniffs you he looks at you closely, and then he steps over your head. And that was actually more visceral than I thought it would be. You know, It was actually, it felt quite real. Um, So I'd had that experience prior to purchasing this VR headset. And what's interesting is that headset was one of the first, um, was a normal Rift. It was not the Rift S, which I have. And one of the big differences and one of the complaints that I'm going to mention here, and I think is common in the VR community, is that in the original Rift headset, there was a little slider bar that move the lenses in and out to line up with your, and I'm going to mess this term up, but it's your inter, uh, it's IPD, interpupillary. Intergalactic? No, interpupillary distance, I believe is what the term is. It's the distance between your pupils. All right. Okay. So it's a, it's a measurement that your eye doctor takes when he gives you a prescription and it determines where the lenses are ground when you get glasses, et cetera, et cetera. well, In the old Rift, you had a slider bar that could adjust the two lenses inside of it that focused on the two screens behind it. In the Rift S, rather than having two screens, there is one screen that goes all the way across and it displays two different images rather than two separate screens. And there is no slider bar. Instead, it attempts to fix the distance between the eyes with a software solution. So you go into the software and you you know, have to guess or get it from your eye doctor or measure it yourself with a ruler, the distance between your two pupils and enter it into the software. Well, this, well, it, I think it was more noticeable to me because I'd, I'd been on the Rift before and mm. now I'd used a Rift S. I think if you were to go out and purchase a Rift S tomorrow and had never tried anything before and you were to stick the Rift S on, you probably wouldn't notice any issues whatsoever. But for me, it felt like it wasn't quite the same visual experience as the older Rift. Uh, technology-wise, they're similar. There's not a Rift 2 yet, and who knows if that's ever going to happen. The um, Facebook bought Oculus, if you don't know that. Facebook bought Oculus a few years ago. And I think their path is more towards rather than a accessory to a computer, it's to create a VR experience that is um, separate and unique and they've the product they put out recently is called the Oculus Go and the Oculus Quest, which are both – they're almost like buying a tablet. It is self-contained. You put the headset on. You play VR games on the headset. It is, has no wires. The one I bought has wires. It connects to my computer.
1: Jeez, you're speaking my language. Go on. <laughs>
0: Um, The the downside is is that it clearly does not have as much computing power. It has has a storage space like a a tablet would, so you have to have room for all of your games, et cetera. Um, There's some downsides, but the major upside is that there's no wires. It can be played in your living room. It can be put in a closet when you're done, um, et cetera, et cetera. And that's kind of the direction I think they're pointing the future of VR. And they're probably right, to be fair. I mean, that probably is the future of VR. But for yeah,
1: me, let me give my old man input on my sure. VR experience so far. So I have basically played some of the demos on a friend's Oculus. I'm assuming it was an Oculus. Um, the, and that was fine, you know, kind of like you're talking about. Like he, there was one demo where he took me on Google Earth and stood me at the edge of the Grand Canyon or whatever. And there was another demo where you like just – you know, physically grabs things in the environment to hand to this little robot that reminded me of the I can't remember what Nintendo's old robot was named, but
0: um, yes, uh, that's, yeah, that's the other demo that comes default with Oculus. Is that OK, so that. The robot. Yeah. And he hands you cartridges and you stick them in this thing and it 3D prints things that you can interact with. Yes. That demo is very impressive, by the way.
1: That's yeah, I the- know. As a tech demo. Very cool. Well, so then so then, my other experience with the VR, and I can't remember how I convinced myself to do this, but I bought PlayStation's VR, PSVR, right? And I think partly I did it because I wanted to play this one game that was getting very good reviews on it called Moss, which is basically a platformer where you guide this, like, ridiculously cute little mouse, you know, on a basically fantasy adventure. Um, and it's fine, but, like, I hate it. I hate my, I hate my VR. And here's why, because they, I got to string wires, like from here to kingdom come. And I got to have like <laughs> one camera positioned perfectly. And I got to like, you know, lay down a line of blood uh, in a circle and, and, and make sure the stars <laughs> are aligned. Like, that's just my experience with it. I'm like, this is aggravating a second. Like my son is always like, dad, can we set up the VR? And I'm like, mm, how about instead we just, pound dad's head into the sand, you know, like, <laughs> I, I, just, I hate everything about setting it up. And so when you're telling me, like, there's a self-contained solution, even if it has less computing power, I'm like, okay, well, maybe I would take a look at that, you know, but I don't know, that, I, that's I, been I, my experience with it. And, and so literally, like, I've only really played that Moss game, and like, the demo disc that comes with PlayStation VR, and my son has played, like, gobs of the demo, you know, uh, disc, but... But I'm a neglectful father and I've not given him any other opportunities because I freaking hate it. I just don't want to set it up ever.
0: So maybe that's maybe that's unique to the PlayStation. I don't feel like there's much setup for me for my computer. Um, Truthfully, the the headset is plugged in all the time. All I have to do is pick it up, put it on and start launch the game. Um, But also I'm dealing with a I mean, this is a computer that is just the computer. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing else here. I'm not trying to do anything else. There's nothing else in this area. It's not a TV. It's a it's a game. You know, it's a game system. That's all it is.
1: Yeah, and and that may be the case, but I just have to imagine that even if I were setting it up to the com- to my computer, I'd do. Stu- am I not going to have to have some stupid camera or sensor strung to some other point in the room besides my computer? Do you, do you understand my question? Like, no. The the Rift
0: S has one cable. And it no. splits at the end and it goes to USB into your video card. That's it. There's
1: only okay. one cable. I would hate that less, slightly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but I, I understand where you're coming from, and I think that you're probably right that the new version, um, for the most part would be better for you. That I I'll be honest, I didn't look that closely at them, but I think it's the Oculus uh, Quest is the one you're interested in. It comes in both 164 gigabyte and 128 gigabyte storage. But it does, it looks and functions much like a Oculus Rift would, except for that it is self-contained. I also believe you can hook it up to a computer. I'm not 100% certain of that. Uh, it just can't, it doesn't have the same bandwidth if you had to send video through the wireless to the to the headset. But truthfully, the, the, the future that you're hoping for or looking at or wanting is there. It's, it's only a few years off. So... Jay, what experience have you had with VR? The one we haven't talked about yet is the HTC Vive, and there's multiple versions of it as well.
2: I'm pretty sure the one that I've played was an Oculus, um, and I it was I went to on one of my trips to Washington. I went to Adrian Fenol's house, and he
0: almost he had, certainly had a Vive. He, okay. He, wor- he worked for Valve. It's their thing. Right.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he I know they he had been like doing development related with the one that he was
0: yeah and steam will do both you can use both their their in-house solution is the HTC Vive um but they if on steam there's drivers and it works with um both so certainly he could have been doing development on that as well
2: um and and my impression of it was that you know it was fun um I, I there's there's like a game where you it you kind of have like almost lightsabers in your hand and there's objects. Beat coming saber. My yeah,
1: son is dying for me to set, to get that for him to play because we, we played it at a convention once and I'm like, uh, but then daddy would have to set up the PSVR.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a great Such game. A grouch. They you know they it was a lot of fun. Um so that was cool. I, I will say that it is kind of funny watching someone else um play <laughs> VR because it is one of the you like on the spectrum of most ridiculous you'll ever look in your life. It's very high on the scale of <laughs> looking ridiculous playing <laughs> So that that kind of amuses me, I guess.
1: What other games are you looking forward to on it, Trevor? Like, why did you buy it?
0: Um. Okay, I don't know that I can explain that. If we <laughs> if we, we want to delve into the mind of Trevor for a moment, maybe I mean, we can figure maybe it out. Maybe your psyche
1: can be our bonus episode, but. <laughs>
0: I, truthfully, I don't know, because the truth is, is the number of times that I could actually pull it out and use it without disrupting my family's activities. I mean, while I have my computer set up here, um, because it requires a little bit of space, I actually have yeah. to move, move my wife's computer chair away and my daughter's computer chair away. We have five computers in my basement and they're all in kind of the same area. And I've got the biggest space of all of them because, well, because I'm the one that set it up. And <laughs> but but truthfully, it sort of interrupts what they might be doing. And a lot of times I'm doing things with them. Um, one of the things that's interesting to me is that um, uh, we have a we had I, I've been meaning to ask you guys about it. We had a regular Tuesday night game that we were playing on Tabletop Simulator and Tabletop Simulator uh, works with the VR headset. So I could actually put the headset on and play the board game with you guys and actually use the controllers to, with my hands to reach out. And pick up the cards, et cetera, et cetera, rather than the mouse. Um, I don't think I'll do that, but I do. Find I would it-
1: totally want to know how that would be, though.
0: I think it would work quite well. Although I think you might f- you might find that you're fiddling with um, the the controllers have touch sense on them. So when you just close when you naturally close your fingers on something, even if you're not pushing the buttons, when you close your fingers and touch the outside buttons. It knows that you've done so, and so it's it's actually more intuitive than you think it would. Be. So I think it actually probably work quite well. But right now, that's the only game I, I had do. I bought Beat Saber. That's the first one because everybody and I knew my kids would want to play it. So that was the only game I purchased thus far. But I looked at, uh, you know, I I technically I have Tabletop Simulator. I could play that. But the one that probably sticks out to me as one that will probably happen sooner than later is there. There is a game um that is called uh forgive me for not remembering it off the top of my head um it's called oh shoot what's it about darth vader it's called called vader
1: Vader immortal
0: it is called vader immortal and that looks amazing vader immortal allows you to play a um jedi who is being hunted by darth vader i believe and it's somewhat of a um, I would call it an interactive movie or an interactive episode. So it, currently there are two episodes out, Vader Immortal 1 and Vader Immortal 2, uh, episode 2. And the two of them, from what I understand, are not long. They're, they last about 30 minutes, and you're paying $10 for that 30-minute experience. But everybody that I've talked to has said it's worth it. So that's kind of on my... I mean,
1: you basically just described the greatest thing to an old man that you could ever describe. A short, self-contained experience for under $20. Yes, please.
0: Um, It looks like... Actually, I don't know if this just barely came out. Oh, no, it's been out for a while. I just didn't see it before. There's actually an episode three as well. And I don't know if that's all of them or if there's more coming. Um, But they are... Like I said, they're a short, interactive movie where you play the main character... Um, in a VR experience. So beyond beyond that, the other reason why I got it and it's an upcoming game, it's not out yet. I believe it's um, uh, Star Wars um, squadrons. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe it comes out next month. and I think that for Star Wars, it will be the first very immersive, long running VR
1: experience. So it doesn't. That doesn't have to be VR, right?
0: No, it does not. And there are quite a few games that are like that. But that's one of the games that will work with VR, and you can, you know, you can get into the experience. And unlike in the, you know, mouse and keyboard version of the game, where you have to hit a button to turn your head to look to the side, literally with the headset on, you just turn to look. If you're in a dogfight and you need to look for, you know, who's pursuing you, you just look back and look behind your, you know, your headrest and see if they're behind you following you. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, that looks amazing. Which, Vader Immortal or Squadrons? Sure, both. Yeah. I, I mean, still honestly, I think
1: I would set up my PlayStation VR for. It. Uh,
0: I can I can appreciate that. But I think if you had a if you had a room that was set up specifically for VR, or specifically for your computer and had enough room to run this and you didn't have to take it down or set it up each time, you could just put it on.
1: I feel I like that you and I should have like I should I feel like I should buy a Quest and then you and I should have a side by side comparison between that and, because you're telling that's what you're telling me I could buy the Rift S and plug it into my computer which is you know it's no slouch this computer is decent right uh, okay. or I could play the Quest and never have to plug a wire in. geez like never mind well. Uh, I w- <laughs> Well, you would have to charge it, but yeah,
0: you would unplug it and play it, and and then when it dies, you would have to plug it back in. But certainly, the Vader Immortal stuff uh, supports Quest, but the Squadrons don't. Doesn't I don't think. I think you will oh, have. Oh, okay. Like, so I would have to have a computer. I don't. I, I don't have any verification of that, but that would be my gut reaction. Is that I don't think the Quest could handle a game of that magnitude. That is more intended to be played on a gaming PC. Hmm. But I could be wrong. They may have plans to to lower the textures and to make it work on the quest, and it will fill up your memory card, and you will play Squadrons on that, and it will be a great hit. Who knows?
1: Well, the quest, too, according to research that I'm doing, and it's your fault that I'm doing it, can connect to a computer still.
0: I I believe the quest might be able to as well, but it probably requires... The use of a cable, but I sure. don't know. Yeah. Again, I didn't even look at the other ones because for me, I have a computer that I built almost for this purpose, and I have a space in front of my computer that nothing else is done. The only thing I have to do is, if I'm not, if I'm going to stand for this game, is move the chair out of the way and then push a couple of chairs a little bit farther away, and I can play there. And it doesn't require any additional anything for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I can see why, if if like if I had a, if I had to do something special to hook all the cables up to my xbox one for example that's in the living room every time my kid wanted to play it i would get tired of that pretty quick
1: yeah well yeah that, that and that's the problem that's 100 percent the problem my playstation sits in our living room it's connected to the projector it's what the family watches movies on you know i mean like uh, we just live like animals here at the wheeler household
2: <laughs> <laughs> i guess i two other quick things related related to this um, I have the the other um, VR experiences that I've had was there's this company called The Void that was started in um, in Utah actually.
1: Jay, that's actually Hay- Haster in disguise, I believe.
2: Uh, the, I was on the King a- in well- Yellow, yeah. I think you. I,
1: th- I think I'm just kidding. Carry on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and uh they've they've since partnered with disney and um so like in, in downtown disney in disneyland they have a a place where you can go and, and spend to have like a it's, it's probably like twenty minute v r experience um and so I did one that was a star wars related experience where you're um you're rebels that are infiltrating the uh, imperial base and then um another one where uh, that was Marvel, where you are uh, in Iron Man suits, basically going and kicking butt. And so that, those were those were fun. And, and uh, The Void has uh, franchises, or I don't know if they're franchises, but they have locations uh, in lots of places. So it's, it's worth checking out if you get the chance. Trevor,
1: um, I want to ask real quickly, have you checked out a, a VR game called Super Hot VR? I have, and actually, um, that's the other one that I was going to talk about. It's
0: probably, um, originally, it was number one on my list. Okay. And and then then as I got looking at it and I saw some other, because when I first looked at it, that was one of the very few um, top end VR experiences. I won't say that it's the top end game, because if you look at it, the graphics are stylized and very low res, I guess. They're kind of a polygon looking thing. And so that when I first started looking at VR, that was kind of one of the hot games because the gameplay supposedly is quite fun. But the the second time around when I started looking at the Vader Immortal series, it came out. So that's why it sort of moved its way up the scale. But truthfully, the super hot thing is still something that I'm interested in um, because it looks like a great experience. But truthfully, I
1: I, basically has turn-based gameplay in it, you know, so
0: (laughs) I like turn-based. I will admit that I've, I've sort of broke the bank a little bit. Um, You know, not to the point that that we're, you know, we're not eating ramen for dinner or anything, but I I didn't, I didn't save enough in my budget for my birthday present to buy games. I bought Beat Saber and that was it. And so it'll be, it'll be a few months before I have a few more of these games um, probably. But I think that it's certainly, it's interesting to me. And I, my, the question I have for you guys is when the Wii first came out, At first, the gimmick of it, of of having this controller that did things on the screen that you had to actually physically move, was really interesting. And then I bought a Wii, and then I started playing... I can't remember what the, the, the Legend of Zelda game that first came out on the Wii. I just remember I bought it, and the game required you to swing the Wii controller back and forth like a sword each time you were in combat. And if you've ever played a Zelda game... Swinging your sword is a repetitive <laughs> a reflex motion. Reflex more than anything. Yeah, and it's something you do frequently. I mean, you might do it who knows two or three thousand times in a session. So I started playing this VR, this not VR, this um interactive experience with the Wii, and I played for about an hour, and my arm was killing me at that point. And I, you know, <laughs> I finally yeah. said, you know what? This is not the gimmick has wore off that quick. I'm I'm done with it. And I'm wondering, you know, how much of that do you feel like was just the kind of early version gimmicky Wii compared to the future of VR? Are you going to get to the point where you're like, you know what, I'm an old fat man. I don't want to run to the next bunker and pull my gun up and shoot and, you know, jump around in my, you know, Iron Man suit because I'm an old guy and I'm out of breath after 10 minutes of that. (laughs) Thoughts? (laughs)
2: listen (laughs) here's here's the issue with uh this this vr stuff is that uh much like josh i'm here for turn based (laughs) so
1: i think you're right yeah like i guess what we're saying is we might already be the two old
0: (laughs) well so i played beat saber um after I got everything set up and I I bought Beat Saber and played it for a while and I played it for, I don't know, 20 minutes or so. And it was, I was doing good. I I wasn't really winning, but I could see under higher intensity levels, how the game would stop being a game and would start being a workout. And I, I don't mind workouts, but generally I'd like to separate them from my entertainment. So I'm, I, I don't know. We'll see as I play it more, Maybe I'll have a better understanding, a feeling of how much it's going to cause me to not enjoy it. But I, I guess maybe I'm an '80s kid. Give me the NES, give me a little tiny controller with a few buttons on it, and make sure that I don't move for several hours while I play it until my thumbs hurt. That's <laughs> that's what I loved as a kid. So I don't know. We'll we'll see. But certainly, I'm there are some experiences that I don't think you can recreate any other way. And they are they're interesting um, and something that I want to at least try. I the idea of being actually afraid of something in a game rather than just seeing, you know, kind of the visceral reaction I got the first time I ever played um, uh, the zombie game that I can't think of right now that came out on PlayStation one Resident Evil. Thank you. Mind bringing it back. Um, <laughs> the first time the dogs jumped through the window in Resident Evil, uh, we physically jumped. And, you know, it's kind of silly now because I've played it since then, and that scene is not nearly as – we were sitting in the dark, to be fair, in my friend's basement, um, and not necessarily on purpose. That's just the way we always played games. Um, but, yeah, I, to be able to get that same visceral reaction, either joy, elation, fear, whatever it is, from an experience in your basement, um, that's something that I haven't felt. You don't feel that very often. So,
1: You should play Alien Infiltration. Or uh, not? I mean, isolation. isolation Alien isolation yeah. on VR. I think that would give you some pretty good scares. I don't know that it's available on VR for the computer. It, it's Did you play probably it on not, PlayStation? No, I've been playing it on the computer. But that's what I'm saying. I don't know that it does VR. But that's the kind of game that would be really interesting on. VR. I mean, non-turn-based. <laughs> as, as if I care. I
0: don't. You know. I don't know how I would handle that, I guess. In real life, I don't really care for those style of movies. Um, it's not really my thing. Um, so I, I don't know how I would handle being in the situation as opposed to watching it. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, if you're me, you'll just weep like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Except for now, I've experienced death at the alien's hand. Uh, excuse me, at the xenomorph's hand enough times that all I feel is white hot rage. So you know. <laughs> there's a spectrum.
0: According to the Steam page, it is controller supported, but not. I don't see any for that. Okay. Oh no, it does have a VR tag. Uh, I'll have to investigate for you. I don't all have right. the money. I don't have the money to buy it, though. I'm sorry.
1: Well, you know, who, who knows? Maybe I'll be spending my birthday money on a quest. <laughs> And then I'll just explore it
2: myself. One one side note, one one article that, that I read about VR that I thought was, was quite interesting uh was there's a there's a charity that they're I, I think they're called like the Freshwater Project or something, and and they're one of the charities that they do one hundred percent of their um donations go to actual um charitable work.
1: Operations, right. That's yeah, not the yeah. one that you backed when we did our I, mean, I think it, it might have been, yeah, yeah. Fundraiser years ago, or a yeah. lifetime ago, whenever that was. Yeah.
2: Um, and so, one of their fundraising things is they will, they when they do a fundraising event, they'll give, they'll have people put on VR um, equipment to like kind of experience one of their projects, like the before and after of of what it's like uh, in in the town after they when they do a project and so I thought
1: interesting that, that is really interesting I
2: thought that was kind of interesting as like a, a fundraising uh, methodology yeah you know, possibility so
0: well I, I do think that the technology is coming that it's not as much gimmicky as it was when we were kids and like the original Nintendo VR was
1: pretty much a joke Um, but I think <laughs> so I have this memory of my kids friends not that many years ago like getting what, a thing that was billed as VR, and it was basically like a thing that you slid your your smartphone into and strapped over your face.
0: That's still available, like, yes.
1: Okay, so my question is, that the the Rift and the, the products we're talking about, they do actually feel different and more mature than that, right?
0: Uh, they are more mature because the things you're talking about allow you to interact with your world in just a visual way. At least from my experience, they they will allow you to look around, but they don't have controllers. So they'll they'll give you the the experience that you talked about, where you could go to the Grand Canyon and, and experience the Grand Canyon. It does yeah. that great. It does that great. It'll let you stand on a, on a position at the Grand Canyon and look around. What it won't do is allow you to pull out your lightsaber and fight another Jedi at the lip of the
1: Grand Canyon. Mm, that's the difference. Okay, that's fair.
0: And I, I think that maybe that technology will come and maybe it already exists. And I just don't know about it. But you have a, a separate controller that maybe Bluetooth to a phone. But um, I think that, that I don't know where the, the technology is going to um, go from here. I know that the everything I've ever seen of, of putting a phone inside of a – and I think Samsung is probably the leader of this – putting a phone inside a headset and using it to create VR is – not as um, advanced as what you're going to see in the HTC Vive or the Rift. And I think there's one more that I just can't, um, that are all sort of competing in the same marketplace. There's just a lot more to it with the controllers, um, with the Vive and, and the Rift.
2: Okay. All right. Well, this seems like one that will be good for us to do, like, a, a follow-up down the road after you've played some more. And I
0: think so. And, and we may not do it in the bonus episode, but I think a good topic is what things we would like to see made into a vr experience whether it is you'd like to be a extra on a movie like you want to be the guy that's following behind you know william wallace in in you know braveheart or something or you know is there is there an experience where the next level is a a movie in vr form
1: i mean really i feel like the follow-up should be what are the turn-based VR experiences? That are <laughs> worthwhile?
0: I have one for you, Josh. You are an old man sitting
1: in a chair at a park. You get to play chess against your opponent. <laughs> I wonder if Crusader Kings 3 can be in VR, Jay. <laughs> Oh,
2: I'm sure it could. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. And stay tuned to the bonus episode, uh, which means subscribe to the Patreon.